welcome to my podcast. I am Donna O. I wanted to create a podcast that will allow us to see the world from new and different perspectives by having sometimes difficult and challenging conversations such as race or talking about lifestyle, health, relationships, and spirituality. If you're ready to begin a journey that will push you to open your heart and push you to change your mind, then please join me on Moving Through and With Heart. This is my reflection on listening to my conversations with both of my parents. In this episode, I make reference to them not being in tremendous pain about being Black, and I want to clarify that I did not mean that being Black is painful or to insinuate that it should be. Allow me to explain. This is a very painful time in history for Black people. The fear has increased with police brutality, the election on the horizon, having leaders that are clearly racist in their behaviors, words, and actions, and so many other reasons and things that are happening in the world. This is a time of awakening that things are really not fair and equal and, quite frankly, really messed up. For some of the older generations, this is a time of reliving the trauma that they experienced growing up and from the stories told to them by their parents. Black people are being reminded, as well as their fears being reinforced, that they are not safe in a country that claims freedom and liberty for all. When I made that comment, I was just noticing out loud that my parents are not angry and do not appear to live in fear. I have been spending a lot of time in reflection wondering why. Why? The episode that you are about to listen to is simply my thoughts on what both my mother and father shared in the previous episodes. The question that I ask myself is, is there a roadmap that I can learn from my parents that I can teach to others? A map that will help me and others learn how to deepen our connections to one another and maybe change the world. I know, I know that this may be idealistic, But isn't idealism the beginning of creation? This episode is me being very vulnerable and real. Take what you like and leave the rest. In this cancel culture, I hope that you will not judge. This is me being courageous. While you listen, ask yourself, how can you be different? How can we begin to create connection and community where all are welcome. Hey guys, so I did not intend for this podcast to be about my family at all. But as I listen to my parents talk and as I'm editing these audio clips, tracks, I am so extremely fascinated and driven by why, why. I wish that I had my grandparents to talk to and their parents to talk to because I'm so overwhelmed with emotion 
of trying to understand how it is that my family is not in tremendous pain about being black and how I was raised with such an open heart and how my parents growing up in the 50s grew up without race and being black in America being on the forefront of their mind. And it's so incredible to me And I just am driven by this why, because I just feel like maybe if I can get to the heart of why, and more importantly, how, then I can help the world understand that we can create such different connections and we do not have to experience this, that we can really, really create a different world and a different way of being, that it's so possible. Maybe I can find a map, you know, a process that we can begin to follow, that I can share, that we can really have a different life. I mean, I'm just, I don't know. I have been really having to accept that I'm not really okay. And I'm, it's not that I'm not okay because of rage. It's because my heart is just bleeding with trying to understand how can we come together as people? How can we all exist on a planet together and really have conversations and love and I I just, I don't get it. I remember my parents talk a lot about me growing up in Cobb City in the Bronx, but I didn't live there forever. We actually left the Bronx and went to Mount Vernon, which is suburbs in New York. And the suburbs for most people are like the place to go. You know, it's where you buy a house. It's where it's more green, where there's better schools and there's space and you can live a relaxed, this relaxed life. But for me, moving to the suburbs was culture shock. And it wasn't just culture shock because my school was different and my home was different, but it was culture shock because in Mount Vernon, I discovered separation. I went to a high school. So we moved at Fort when I was in fourth grade, but my parents still allowed me, figured out how to get me back and forth to the Bronx so I can finish um, out school, doing high school in Co-op City. And then I went to Mount Vernon High School because I did not want to go to Truman High School. And I was actually afraid of Truman High School and I didn't want to go there. So many of us were. And I had gotten into Brooklyn Tech, but it was way too far for me to travel. And I had to go to Mount Vernon. And I went to Mount Vernon with the understanding that in a year I was going to audition again for performing arts high school and I was going to go there. But that time and day never came for me to audition. And so they convinced me to go to Mount Vernon and 
You know, I thought I'm just going to do this for a year. I hated it. I hated Mount Vernon so much because I discovered separation because people were separate in the suburbs. You had, we had this courtyard in the middle of high, of the high school where everyone could hang out during lunch or in between periods. And it was so obvious. The white people stood on one side of the courtyard. The black people are, are on the other part of the courtyard. And then you had Latinx people somewhere else. In Portuguese, there was a lot of Portuguese people. They were on their own. And there were all these groups of segments of people. And I just couldn't figure out how to maneuver that. And so I figured out how to move around between the different groups because I just refused to join a group. I would not join a group. And so I was kind of like that you know, nerd, that outcast in high school, because I refused to conform. I just couldn't understand the benefit of conforming. I just wouldn't do it. And so I started out in Mount Vernon as very preppy. I thought I wanted to be preppy. You know, I had my penny loafers with the pennies in them and my Oxford shirts and I wore a blazer and, you know, walking shorts and all this. And I wanted to be preppy. And then when I realized a separation that there was no place for me really to fit that way, I decided that I was going to be just different from everybody else. And I became like the punk rocker, you know, the Valley girl was Valley girl back then. And because I wanted to experience so many different things in my life. You know, I loved rock and roll. I listened to country. I listened to punk rock. I listened to you know, rap. I listened to all of it. I wanted to be part of the world. And so I had this mindset that I wanted to be in the world. I didn't want to be part of a group because a group made me limited, made me a limited human being. And as I listened to my parents' stories, I realized that that is the thing that they ingrained in me, is that I wasn't part of any group I was part of the world. And my mother used to say that we were international people because somehow my family in the 50s still had the courage to marry biracially. Like we did that. Like we had, so I had people that looked many different ways and had many different skin tones. And I, we, Roots came out then, and I had family members that did history in our family, and I found out all the different countries that we came from and the cultures that were mixed in and ingrained in my DNA, and I thought, well, how can I choose? That's not fair, because if I have to choose something, then that means I'm ignoring the other parts of who I am, and I just couldn't accept that. And I didn't understand why I had to choose anything. And I've always even hated census and questions and applications when they asked me to choose my race. Not because I'm not proud to be a black woman, because I felt that that defined me in a way that made me part of a group. And that meant that I had to ignore every other group that made up my blood and my DNA. And this may sound crazy to some people, 
But now I understand that it was ingrained in part of my upbringing. And I just think that while we are looking at and accepting the differences and noticing things like microaggressions and racism and redefining ourselves. You know, black people were called Negroes and we call black people, then we call African-Americans. And now we're kind of back to black people. And, you know, as we're redefining ourselves, I would love to see us redefine ourselves that we get to the point and a place in the world where we are figuring out how to really be together as people. I don't want it to be not okay to sit down at a table filled with white people or have white friends or getting to know someone from another country. I grew up where we had exchange students come live at my house and I went to schools where there were exchange students from France and Germany and, you know, I had a pen pal from England and I just couldn't wait to get up, to get become older and travel and be involved with all these different cultures. I really think that part of my experience comes from growing up in New York City, which is a melting pot of so many different cultures that we experience and we take the time to get to know those different cultures. It's not really far into eaten a restaurant of Ethiopian restaurant or Spanish restaurant or wherever like it, it's normal to to do that and the experiences of my friends from there have been similar except when I moved to so I live now live in Charlotte North Carolina in the south and it's so funny because Growing up as a kid, we had our family reunions in North Carolina every other year, and I hated it so much. And I swore out that when I got older, I would never step foot in North Carolina. <laughs> and now I live in North Carolina. So I don't know what the karmic implications of that are. It's like so astounding. But I never really experienced things that separated me quite so much as to living in North Carolina has really made me look so much more at the color of my skin and think about that. But it's also made me realize how different different parts of the country are. Because quite honestly, I find living here, and I talk to my friends about this, we discuss this, that the white people here are different and the black people here are different. It almost feels like high school to me, where People are separate. I don't go to church, so I'm not part of the church group, so I can't be accepted there. I'm not part of many different groups, so you know, trying to find my place here has been really hard. So for me, if anything, it's exasperated and really stressed the separateness and my feeling of not really having a place in the world and the longing of being in a place where it didn't even matter. And that was for me, New York. Like it didn't matter. Like I could, I felt 
growing up in New York, I could be whoever I want. I could look whatever I, however I wanted to look. I could try out different things. I could experience different things. And I don't know if I'm going off a tangent here, but just I just feel so much because I really want to live in a world that feels like that, that feels like we could be or do anything and it doesn't matter. Uh, and I realized that my parents gave that to me. And what an incredible, incredible gift. How can we live that and start doing that? How can we just go enough is enough and just be and let it all just be okay? And I really do believe that it begins in the heart. And it's about moving through and living in the heart. And I don't really like to use the word love because I think love is so subjective for so many people. And we can always judge what love is, right? And love looks so many different ways. And, you know, let's face it. How many of us are going to become like the Dalai Lama? But I will say this. The Dalai Lama is, if you ever just go on his page and start reading or Twitter, just read some of the things he posts. What is so incredible is that he never talks about happiness and love and then beside it talks about rage and anger. Like he doesn't do that. And it's because they don't live in the same place. They do not, you can't talk about one and then talk about the other. They don't live in the same place. Love cannot live and exist in a place of rage and anger. It cannot. It really is completely the other end of the spectrum. And so therefore, I don't really like to talk about that. I think that there are easier emotions and vibrations and energies for us to talk about, you know, we could talk about feeling good and even sadness is a higher feeling of than rage. And we could talk about sadness. We could talk about frustration. You know, we could talk about irritation, like those just feel better. And so I don't like to really be in a place of love. However, I think my parents are the most loving individuals I feel like I've ever come across in my entire life and I've watched them my whole life love deeper and deeper. And forgiveness on a level that I've never seen in really people around me. I've been lucky to know some really incredible individuals, but their well of forgiveness and love never runs dry. And um, uh, I'm becoming emotional. And when I talk about them, it is really an emotional thing because I think the world needs it. I don't know. Maybe I'm spending way too much time in my house. <laughs> But I think the world needs that much love and definitely that much forgiveness. And I can't stop asking the question why.
I think the world needs that much love and that much forgiveness. And I can't stop asking the question, why? Like, why? How did I get here in this way? And how, how, how did it happen? And so anyway, I'm going to keep having the conversations and I hope that you guys get something out of them because I want to keep having the conversations with them and sharing because, and I'm going to talk to other members of my family to see how they feel and if they got that. And, you know, maybe my parents are an anomaly. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe I was just lucky to have an anomaly for parents. That's possible. Really possible. So I'm going to keep sharing interviews that I have with parts of my family because I'm just so curious and I'm really hoping that I can get some kind of answer to share because I think there's really something here in a time in the world where I just feel like everything around me just seems so broken and I don't get it. And I have moments and days where I really don't even know how to show up in it. I don't know how to be in it. I don't know how to support someone else in it. And I don't even want to go out. And that's not the life that I wanted to live. Like, I really wanted to live a life where I was part of so much. And anyway. So I'm going to stop rambling. And I... If you're listening, I want to say thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you get something out of this podcast, something of the heart, and please do share it with someone that maybe needs to hear it, and I wish you love and joy and happiness, and remember that we need to move through and with heart. I'm Donnie O. Thank you for listening.